The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. Life once existed there. So myself, Tristan Field-Jones, and Julie Buckingham thought this would be the perfect time to speak with a professional Martian. And Julie, I have to say, I think this could be one of the coolest guests we've ever interviewed. Well, when I saw some of her social media feeds showing the socks that uh, have planets on it and and leggings that definitely have that intergalactic feel. I knew that Tanya Harrison was the person for us. She calls herself a professional Martian. Uh, she is a geoscientist, mission ops specialist on former uh, NASA Mars missions over 13 years. Currently, she's the director of science strategy for Planet Labs, a Canadian who I believe we've reached in Washington. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, did we get all of that right? You're a Canadian in Washington, and, and you know a lot about planets. Uh, mostly about Mars. <laughs> mostly about Mars, which is perfect. Um, were yeah. you on the edge of your seat today? I had it rolling on my computer as, as I was watching this, and, and if people at NASA could be giddy, they were giddy. Oh, absolutely. This is the culmination of a decade's worth of work for thousands of people. And we were all just sitting on the edge of our seats. I was actually monitoring my heart rate earlier, watching it go up as we got closer and closer to that seven minutes of terror. And how did the heart rate go? Yeah. It went from 68, like before things really started, to 110 beats per minute in the middle of the seven minutes of terror. (laughs) So that's the equivalent of an intense workout, essentially. Exactly. It shows you like scientifically how emotionally invested we are in these missions. Like we're physically reacting to the stress. <laughs> okay. So Tanya, I have to ask, um, you were a specialist on multiple NARS, or Mars missions for NASA. Tell us what you did and some of the missions you worked on. So my specialty are camera systems. So I worked on basically the color science cameras for opportunity, curiosity, and perseverance. Um, I left working on Perseverance before it launched, but before that I was working on the MassCam Z cameras, which are the zoomable color eyes of the rover. And so my job on a lot of these missions has been, uh, and then I also worked on some of the satellites. So my job has been to take what the cameras take pictures of and then analyze those pictures when they come back from Mars, both from the standpoint of is the camera functioning properly and is there anything interesting in these images that are telling us something significant about the history of Mars? So you're familiar with Percy, and I guess the plan is to bring back some rocks and stuff, but that's not going to happen for for 10 years? About that, yeah. It's going to take some time for us to design the architecture to actually bring the samples back because we've never done that before. We We have to build a system that can basically launch a mini rocket off of Mars and somehow get it back to Earth. So it'll be an interesting engineering challenge, to say the least. So just so I'm getting this correctly, so we actually have to build some of this material on the red planet for it to make its return trip. Am I understanding that correctly? No, we should build it all on Earth, but uh, we're going to send what's called a fetch rover that the European Space Agency is going to be building. So this is a huge international collaboration to go and collect the samples that Percy is getting on Mars, will be getting on Mars in the next few years. And then the fetch rover will deliver those back to a little launch platform. And that's the thing that will bring it back to Earth. But all of those pieces will send to Mars from Earth. This is super cool. So it's like it's kind of been on a one-way ticket and we we haven't bought the return ticket yet. But what are you hoping 
uh, when these samples come back. This has been your, your, your love, your passion, your planet, if you will. What do you want to see in those rocks and bits of dust? And I think what we're all hoping for is to find those signs of ancient life. That's the goal of Perseverance, is to look for signs of ancient life on Mars from back when it was warmer and wetter and it had an environment very close to Earth. And it should have been able to support life from everything that we can tell. But we haven't actually found that life yet. And so this mission, hopefully, when we get those samples back to Earth, we can start analyzing them in labs with more complex equipment than we can fit on a rover sequence them to look for signs of DNA and figure out if we are alone or ever were alone in the solar system. Tanya, can you maybe explain to us why it's so difficult landing rovers on Mars? Because I, I think a lot of us may think, well, you know, we, we, we go to space all the time here and, you know, we have uh, air travel and all sorts of things on Earth. But on a planet like Mars, it's so much more complicated. It is, and it, you, it, it's more complicated than you would expect. Mars is tricky because it has just enough atmosphere to cause problems, but not enough of an atmosphere to slow you down. And so if you don't enter at exactly the right angle and exactly the right speed, it can either burn up in the atmosphere or skip off the atmosphere entirely or miss Mars and end up orbiting the sun. So you have to be very, very precise with all of these calculations, all of the engineering, and sometimes things don't go well. Uh, I think only about 50% of the missions we've sent to Mars have been successful. That's how tricky it is. Uh, that's certainly gotten better over time as we gain a better understanding of Mars and its gravity field and how the atmosphere behaves. Um, but you never know when something could go wrong. The atmosphere might throw you a curveball. There might be an error in the code somewhere. Um, we should never take any of it for granted. Something could go wrong at any time. So we're very, very lucky today that everything was successful. And let's hope as the rover starts commissioning all of its science instruments that everything continues to go as picture perfectly as it did today for landing. That's why the heart rate went from 168 up to, to 110, because you just you just never know. But how important was this mission and it being successful to looking down the road to sending humans to Mars. Was this integral at all? Will lessons have been learned? It is, because one of the instruments on board is an instrument called MOXIE, which is designed to bring in carbon dioxide from the Martian atmosphere, rip off the carbon, and create breathable oxygen. Obviously, that's important for astronauts to survive down the line. We can't ship all of the oxygen there that we need. It's just not practical. But we also need the oxygen to create rocket fuel so that the astronauts that we send to Mars can come home at some point. Presumably, they would, they would like to come home. And so this is the first step in learning how to live on Mars sustainably. That's the only way that we're going to be able to have long-term habitation of Mars that doesn't cost, you know, astronomical, pun intended, I guess, uh, right. prices for humans to survive there. Um, so that experiment will be really exciting to see how it performs. We, we do that on Earth already through uh, certain types of carbon capture technology, but Mars provides a different environment in terms of air pressure, temperature, and chemical composition. So it'll be not a new technology, but trying a new technology, trying an old technology in a new place. So if you know. We're having this conversation, well, who knows, but if we end up having a similar conversation like 20 or 30 years down the line, this would be one of the very early building blocks where we could say, this is how we 
started to look at plans to settle a colony on Mars, essentially. Absolutely. If this instrument is successful on the mission, it's going to be a huge, huge stepping stone toward being able to send humans in the future. Well, congratulations. This was like your Super Bowl kind of day. And I look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Clearly, you got the uh, you got the heart rate for it. You got the clothing for it. Uh, you're super smart. Uh, love to talk to a woman in science. So congratulations on your past success and your future success. And we look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you anytime you need a Martian. All right, Tanya Harrison is a professional Martian. She is actually a planetary scientist. Uh, she's worked with NASA. She is now the director of science strategy for Planet Labs. She's a Canadian. We reached her in Washington today. The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham.